mindfulness, the power of mindfulness. <laughs> Sounds like a book title. <laughs> I'll think about that. Well, well, I don't think you can use the power of now, right? That one's already yeah, it's used. taken. Yeah. <laughs> so you talk about that quite a bit. Uh, why is that? Important? Yeah, it's it's really become my life's uh, my life's journey. Um, and I think it's great to start with, you know, mindfulness is a, a word that's out there mm. and, and I'm not sure everyone really knows what it means a lot. Of, if you ask a kid, they'll immediately sit in like cross-legged seat and put their fingers in the okay sign, you know, facing up and they'll close their eyes <laughs> and, and that can be mindfulness, but um, mindfulness just means paying attention to what's happening in the present moment on purpose. And this is the key without judgment just simply noticing. So you and I here, as long as we stay yeah, focused on we this are. conversation, <laughs> this is mindfulness and it will have the same effect um, that sitting in meditation, traditional meditation might have. Um, anything that you do where you're really focused. So if you love writing, if you love painting, sports, anything that you love, you're focused on it. It, it calms your nervous system. So yeah, that it's it's that simple. Just paying attention on purpose to what's happening in the moment, no judgment. Right, and it's a lot, perhaps harder than it sounds with all the distractions that we have. So to actually go through those steps and uh, be successful at you know mindfulness, uh, it's it, it is maybe not as easy as it as it sounds just because we allow the distractions to you know take us in other directions yeah so it, it's it's simple it's not easy and I, I heard you say the word successful it's not something you need to be successful at right. it's a practice, practice just like anything That's worth why. doing in life right <laughs> life is a practice frankly um i love that uh, phrase about you know life is not a dress rehearsal. Uh, to me, life is all dress rehearsal. There's never this one moment where you get up and it's all done. You know, um, it's a it's a constant a constant process. So yeah, mindfulness is a practice, and you don't have to be good at it. You just need to try and practice. Now you live in the heart of the Berkshires in Western Massachusetts, uh, in Pittsfield. Uh, but you're from Boston or you spent many years in Boston. I spent 35 years in 35. Boston. Yes. And uh, I've been in Pittsfield for about a year and seven months. And uh, I'm in love with it. Absolutely in love with Pittsfield. I am so grateful every day, just, you know, coming from city life, I, I totally a city girl uh, and driving around, just going to the grocery store. I'm in awe. It's so beautiful here. And there's something, um, there's two things. There's, I think the natural beauty is really powerful here and the power of the people here. It's a small, it's a small town community, um, which I've never really lived in. And everyone seems to know everyone. And there's a lot of power in that. Mm. Um, really amazing things can happen here because of that. And I, um, you know, I, I guess I can back do the backstory and, uh, you know, talk about how I got here. But since the moment I got here, there's been nothing but support coming to me and help. And it's been amazing. And so a past career, uh, a career change, family change. What, yeah. what, what, what was the, what was the path uh, that, that brought you Pittsfield. here? Um, the path to Pittsfield was the pandemic. Um yeah. My son had gone to college in 2019, freshman year, and came home uh, in March, as all the kids did from school. Um, I was at the time uh, 
basically full-time teaching kids and some adult uh, classes at yoga mindfulness journaling. Um, my days were filled with people, with teaching. I was really happy. Uh, and then the pandemic happened. And overnight, that was all gone. So mm. we, we went to Zoom. Uh, everyone probably knows that the kids, you know, by the end of 2020, there were no kids signing up for Zoom. They were Zoomed out. Um, it was very challenging, actually, to teach kids over Zoom mm. as well in, in what I'm doing. And um it all ended by 2020. I had no job. I had no income. And my son was home, you know, still for, he was home for a year. And I was, you know, one, you know, uncomfortable with my own life, but I really was hurting about what I teach, not being able to get to the kids in this moment where they really needed it. And so I was, you know, thinking, 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 and I woke up early January 21 with the idea for the kids super journal mm. and the kids super journal is a mindfulness based uh, activity journal for kids. It's ages seven to 12. There's a teen journal coming out uh, in August and it's um, it's a tool, a true tool to empower kids to self-manage their well-being with what are now researched back um, tools, breathing, body movement and journaling and they are universally accessible. They are um, simple and you can do this in five minutes a day. The, the book itself is 70 days of journaling and it's a process. Um, it's truly a process that saved my life. Um, and I, I can kind of, you know, circle back uh, in my life. And uh, when I was about four years old, uh, I, I was abused. Um, and I was continuously abused for many years after that, uh, in every way, sexually, emotionally, physically abused. Um, there was alcoholism in my family and we moved every couple of years. So there was never a chance to really gain community support. So I'd be in a school for two years. School was everything to me. School was my lifeline. I loved school. I loved the, the safe safety I felt there. And, um, so that was useful. But when I was eight years old, uh, I took a ballet class, which was my goal in life to be ballet ballerina and uh, like many kids. And uh, I had a lot of big feelings about it. And I don't know why, but I picked up a pen and I wrote down my feelings. And it was this unusual and very powerful moment in my life. It felt so good. I felt, I felt cared about in a, in a way that I'd never mm. felt before just by like spending time right. with there, myself there on the paper. There was not another human being there wasn't. involved in this. Literally, it felt like you were being supported by putting it out there. Yeah. By just putting, it was like, I was my own safety in that moment. That's interesting. Yeah. It was really, it was very powerful and I loved it so much. I just kept doing it. So I, to this day, decades later, have never stopped journaling. Mm. And so this moment in 2021, in January, when I got this idea, it's like 4 a.m. It was literally 4 a.m., one of those moments. I got out of bed and I went online and started researching, um, you know, all of this. Some of it I knew, but I wanted to do more research and come up with a book proposal. Um, I'm a previously published author and I thought, well, I'll send it to one of my publishers. And 
as I was doing the research, I, I had this aha moment, which was, oh my goodness, that the research around journaling itself beyond the breathing and the body movement um, absolutely helps you manage change, trauma. Um, it helps you feel gratitude for life. It, it, it does a, a many, many things. But I realized in that moment, it actually saved me. If I hadn't journaled, um, I was an athlete, so I, I the body movement part was also important for me, but the journaling was the one thing that was extremely powerful. Mm. And so this all came together. I wrote a 25-page proposal. Um, I literally hit send on my computer to the publisher. And in that moment, I'm like, you know what? I think I'm all done having someone tell me whether or not I can do something. Isn't that a great moment? Uh, to have that yeah it turns out it, it has a lot more to it than that than the, <laughs> the great moment uh the actual reality is can be yeah. it's scary it's sometimes <laughs> being a first-time entrepreneur and having you know made this big change and, and moved after 35 years in one place but um yes it's a great moment and and i felt very determined and so the first thing i actually did was a podcast because i wanted the kids to access things really quickly yeah. so it's the kids super journal podcast which is up i think we have over 50 episodes i say we i have over 50 episodes <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like a sometimes week. it feels like a week i got to tell you i understand that and uh, um there's a a local blogger who always talks about himself in the first or what is it the um first person plural the we um because yeah. you know it does, sometimes it feels like that because you know you're the host the production person the you know and everything and right. uh, distribution marketing <laughs> everything so it, yeah, in a, a way things, in a way it is a we it is a we <laughs> it's just one person but there's a lot of a lot of hats a lot a lot of hats that's for real um yeah so um <laughs> I started the podcast. Um, I decided to, to, you know, become an LLC. Uh, I uh, got a mentor through the um, SCORE um, and, you know, she was helpful and she, I'm still working with SCORE um, to this day. She and another woman are both on board with me. Um, I meet with them once, maybe once a, eh, once a week, pretty much. And, um, and then I started on the book and then in that process, uh, you know, financially really. And I think emotionally, I just needed a change. I'd been in Boston for a long time. I was divorced. Uh, my son, you know, didn't need me to be there for high school anymore. And, um, I started opening up to that and my yoga teacher from teacher training, um, hi, Andrew Tanner. Um, he had moved to Lenox back to Lenox from Oregon and I hadn't seen him in years and he was having a retreat mm. and in New York. And so I went, and we were chatting, and I told him, you know, I'm really looking to change. And he said, Oh my goodness, you got to come to Pittsfield. That's that was the first thing out of his mouth. I'm like, <laughs> but, all right. All right. So we gotta, we gotta, we gotta put this guy in the chamber of commerce. Yeah, he's a good. Or I'll put him on your uh, podcast. He's amazing. <laughs> I, I love Andrew. Selling the city. Yeah. So we gotta exactly. <laughs> and he was saying how there's all these um, supports for new for small businesses, and there's you know, look in the, you know, so I immediately started researching the, I went through the uh, town website and found eForall and eForall Berkshire County, which is sure. an entrepreneur, you know, sure. um, a business accelerator program. And I actually tried to apply for it before I actually moved. I was, I knew I was moving, but um, I had to wait till I got here. <laughs> and, um, and I was, I was blown away and I came, literally came out the next weekend to see Pittsfield. And I'd been to the Berkshires, um, maybe five or six times over the you know previous 20 years, my son learned to ski at Bosque and we had family friends out here. So 
um, it wasn't unfamiliar to me, but I'd never looked at it as a place to live. It was like a place to go have some fun and go sure, back home. Sure. And I just, you know, love at first sight. I fell in love with Pittsfield. It's amazing. I, I, I literally was like, this is it. I knew it. And, you know, more than anything, the truest answer is it was an intuition and a heartfelt feeling. I knew this was where I was supposed to go next. Let's bottle that up. Right? And, uh, <laughs> I don't that. want to sell it to too many people. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, right, right. And it, it just started happening. And, um, yeah. you know, lived in apartments my whole, basically my whole adult life. And uh, was able to get my first house because it's so affordable out here. And um, have realized I thought I'd be a gardener. I'm I'm a little bit afraid of my gardening, but I'm getting there. <laughs> um, and it's it's been wonderful. And and then I first thing I did was apply uh, when I got here was apply for E for All. I literally finished writing the Kids Super Journal, surrounded by packing boxes in Boston. I, I literally last you know period at the end of the sentence moved two days later. So yeah. I got out here, I moved in, it was the end of the year. I applied for E4ALL um, and got accepted. And I actually am, so it was, I can't tell you, anybody out there who has a business idea, just go to E4ALL. Yeah. It, it is, it was, you know, people say this, but it really has, was transformational for me. Yeah. The people I met, the mentors I have and are still in my life um, and and the help I got. And then, you know, it it just made it possible for me to get this book yeah. published. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I won the, my book won the top prize too, which was really exciting. Fantastic. Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't know if, because I think this whole entrepreneurial thing has, has become something where maybe, uh, you know, it feels more, you know, trendy now. So it's not, so, <laughs> so, so people may not look at it as, what it is in the same in the same way it is a leap it is a oh. big leap and it takes guts and it takes courage uh to step out there and become a, a business owner and right. to become an entrepreneur um you know again you know we, we know the way that people look at it okay you know everybody can be an entrepreneur no they can't no they can't <laughs> you, so, you, um... you need to have you need to have some thick skin guts and you have to have a great ability to uh, sell and have a thick skin because you're going to hear no quite a bit. Yes. That's, it's a great that's... point. Absolutely <laughs> true. And that, you know, going back to that great moment where it's like, I'm doing this myself. Um, the reality of that is, is just wonderful. And it's funny. I describe it as jumping off a cliff and having to get comfortable with the feeling of always falling. Mm. It's not like you ever really, really land somewhere. And And I think that circles back to what I'm doing, which is, the breathing and the body movement and the journaling are tools to manage things like that, to yeah. manage the emotions around that. So you don't make a U-turn, mm. which is what I think is the challenge with change in general. Yes. Um, I always yeah. say, you know, if change were, were easy and we all had the tools, the world would look uh, completely different. Mm. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, yeah, that's so. that's powerful. So let's talk about the breathing. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, the techniques um, and the program itself and, you know, your mission as it relates to, you know, working with kids and then sort of older kids now uh, going into another level of things. But, um, you know, but, you know, explain, you know, uh, where does this all begin? You know, it begins with yourself. It begins with just giving it a try. So I'm wondering if you'd be willing to just take three breaths right now. I'm willing. All right, cool. Elizabeth, um, I'm yes. always willing. Oh, that's so awesome. John <laughs> uh, Kroll for mayor. Um, <laughs> and anybody who's listening, you can do this. We're just going to take three breaths. And wherever you are, if you're driving, 
you know, whatever you're doing, it's okay. Um, don't close your eyes. Uh, if you're someplace <laughs> where you can close your eyes, um, go ahead and close your eyes if you're comfortable doing that. If you're seated, even if you're standing, uncross your legs and arms and just sit up as tall as you can. Um, even if you're in your car, you can sit up nice and tall. And um, I'm going to close my eyes, but no need to, especially if you're driving again. And just settle for a second and just notice your body. So just take a quick scan. And is there any sensation you notice in your body? It, it could be, you know, numbness or no sensation is a sensation. Um, but you might feel maybe hot or cold, tingling, um, you know, that butterfly in your stomach, maybe your heart's racing a little bit. Um, just notice anything there. And if, if you don't notice anything, totally fine. And if you have found a sensation, just put your focus there. And we're just going to do a simple breath, which is breathing in and out through your nose slowly. So sit up tall, notice that sensation if you have one, and then just breathe slowly in through your nose and out through your nose. In through your nose and out. And we'll do two more. In through your nose and out. Last one, in and out. And then just take another second and notice your body. Did you make any change? You don't have to. There's no right or wrong answer. But just notice. And then if your eyes are closed, you can open them. And there you have it. Very it's nice. that simple. Um, Very nice. Did you, I mean, I always feel, you know, that much better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just for three breaths. And it really is. And, and, you know, it didn't take very long. Mm-mm. You know, you don't have people to. People are saying, oh, well, I don't have time for meditation or I don't have time for this. I don't have, well, you, you, you make the time, but it doesn't have to be 20 minutes, no, and, half an hour. It can be just a few seconds. Yeah. It's one of the most, I, I have um, mostly focused on teaching kids and it's, I think I've gotten way more out of it than the kids have, but um, <laughs> I've loved it so much. And they, they teach me something all the time. But a child's not going to sit for 10 minutes and, and breathe. So it, I quickly learned how effective three to five breaths is. And so that's what I really tell everyone. Take three to five breaths, even one big breath. Mm. You know, in the middle of a meeting, I think the number one tool is your breath because it's always with you. And you can use it without people knowing. There are other kinds of breathing. Belly breathing is another one that's um, really, really calming for the body. Um, there's all kinds of, uh, very simple, they're all very simple, but breathing techniques in, uh, the kids super journal, but that's the, also the one thing that you mentioned, it doesn't take a lot of time, five minutes, um, doing the super journal or five minutes journaling, um, two minutes, it, it, whatever you can take it, it is scientifically proven to make a difference. Mm-hmm. It's not a cure. It's not a one time you do it and you're all better. Mm-hmm. It's a practice. You have a tool you use as you go through your life. And the more you use it, the more your body automatically goes there when something uh, jarring or stressful happens or joy. That's the other thing here. It's, it helps you absorb joy more Mm. as much as it helps you manage challenge. And I think of where kids spend so much of their time and that is in our schools. And it seems to me that we have done uh, a not so good job in finding more joy for kids. Um, we've not done such a great job in um, in these kinds of 
things, we've done a good job of adding stress to kids um, and putting undue pressure uh, on them either directly or indirectly because kids can feel everything, um, you know, through mm-hmm. standardized testing and uh, everything along those lines. And that has been, you know, a, a legacy that uh, we're all going to have to live with. And one day, hopefully we can look back and say, what were we thinking? But we still haven't gotten there yet. But, uh, you know, with that said, um, implementing this kind of work into our schools, I think, uh, would be uh, amazing. I know some schools have added a little yoga here or there. Uh, Maybe it's, um, you know, sort of uh, bits and pieces, Mm -hmm. maybe not consistently, but uh, at least there's starting to be a recognition of the value of this uh, type of work. I, I, I believe that's true. Um, I think, uh, I, I can't quite now remember how you said it, but hopefully one day we'll look back. I think that day needs to be like tomorrow. Of course, yeah. And uh, and it can be. Uh, this is, you know, the, the really beautiful thing and unexpected thing, you know, being back to entrepreneur, thinking what your market is, what's happening with the Kids Super Journal is schools are, schools are really embracing it. And there's a couple of reasons. One, they can fit it into their social emotional curriculum that already exists. Um, they, it's not a curriculum. The relief that when I see an administrator's face is that this book is not curriculum. It is actually a tool. Um, it can be done in five minutes. So it's not going to take up a half an hour of a school day, which is already super packed. Um, and that it, and it can really have a benefit. And the, the one thing I've really seen going to meetings with administrators, and there are public schools and private schools in the Berkshires that are already using the book and it's so exciting for me because it's great. I just want, I don't want any kid to have to, like me, I was lucky that I found it. These kids don't have to be lucky. We know now that we have these tools and we, all we have to do is help the kids by giving them the tools Mm. and, um, but they're adopting it. And, and the the one thing I was going to say was the relief in these, in these teachers faces and administrators faces when they see this and they realize it's simple and it's quick and it's not a big to do that they have to, you know, add into their, their, uh, their system. Mm-hmm. Everybody is overwhelmed. And I think in general, we're all overwhelmed. We're just not talking about it. Yeah. The pandemic is basically done three years of, you know, my life, you know, I'm just one person, you know, and I've lost some relatives along the way there too. And there were other things that were happening, um, managing a child whose college life was completely, you know, turned upside down by that. Um, we aren't talking about it anymore. At the beginning of the pandemic, everything was suddenly okay. Um, I think everyone's stressed. I think, you know, the Surgeon General has mentioned there's now a loneliness epidemic, Um you know, he's also mentioned uh, the challenges for kids with cell phones, with social media, The kids under 13 shouldn't even have one. It's so unhealthy for them. Um, as you say, the kids are stressed where, you know, you've got stressed out kids for a variety of reasons. And I sometimes think if I had had a pandemic in my childhood, I'm not sure I would have made it. I mean, I couldn't, can't imagine being home because school was my haven. Yeah. So there are kids who had that situation. There are kids who just got scared. There's kids who, you know, um, are just unhappy, don't know what to do. And knowing from my own experience and my training, but my own experience is you can't absorb learning when your body is stressed out because, you know, I'm not a scientist, but basically you're in fight or flight. 
And when you're in fight or flight, your whole system is geared to fight or flight to mm -hmm. survive. Mm -hmm. There's no way to learn. There's no way to calm yourself and, and hear things and absorb things. So we're asking kids to do more. They're in a space where they can really can do less and we're not offering them the help. And it's not that people don't want to offer the help. I think everybody's just kind of like, what do we do now? Right. You know, right. and, and this is one thing I'm not saying it's the, an the full answer, but it's one, I think it's the foundation of where you, you start mm. calming everybody, giving some attention to true self-care. I mean, mm. true self-care is learning who you are and how you feel and honoring what you need based on what you're noticing. Mm. And that's what this can do in five minutes, just breathing, body movement, yoga. Um, I'm a yoga teacher and I, and I'm an instructor. Um, yoga's great. And there's yoga shapes in, um, you know, body shapes in the kids super journal, but it's any kind of movement. It's, it's just shaking your arms and legs and just getting the, you know, whatever, getting some of the energy moving or sitting quietly or running around the playground. Um, I wish kids had more time, um, outside on the playground. Absolutely. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's astonishing. Have you thought of you, you mean, they I keep producing that they, amount of time they do, and it's, outdoors and we know that I mean, we know now how essential that is for children. So we're, you know, I, I don't know that as an adult, I could sit through a day of school. No, I think I'd lose my mind. Good luck. Yeah. You know, uh, as, as an adult. And that's, and that's, I think, you know, you have to fundamentally look at what are the tools you need for life and how is that aligned or completely misaligned with what is being delivered in the school day? Right. And, you know, what exactly is the purpose? You know, we, you know, we, we like to think the purpose is to make children prepared for life and to give them the skills and, and everything that they need to be um, uh, effective in, in the workforce and, and a lot of that. But when you really get down to it, how much of that is actually happening and how much of it is sort of training a certain conformity that is not helpful to well-being. Yes. And I, <laughs> so, yeah. so really, I know it's a big question. Yeah. It's a big question, but, but the answers, you know, the answer doesn't, I think the other thing is it's just human to want to have one big answer and, and it's fixed and it's a process just like we talked about. I also think it's really essential in this moment to say, there isn't any blame here. This is just the journey of education sure. in this country. And we're at a point we can't ignore it anymore. The pan It was bad before the pandemic. This is not pandemic induced issues. They're just exacerbated. Mm. They're just, we can't ignore them now. And mm. teachers are stressed. Kids are stressed. Administrators are, you know, trying to do their best. And I think it comes down to change. And, um, what you mentioned about the eagle what i wrote about was that change change always causes discomfort and mm. sometimes it's excruciating discomfort and that's the normal process of change the challenge is that if you don't have the tools to manage that discomfort you make a u-turn and the change doesn't happen and sometimes you dig in deeper to where you are in the moment and so these are literally three simple tools to help anybody manage change. And as a matter of fact, adults, I think secretly, I'm, that's the next book that I'm going <laughs> to do. They love, I have friends that use my, this kid super journal because it's so accessible. They they're like, Oh, is this all that, you know, mindfulness yeah. is? Yeah.
when it comes to the kids, I could imagine that there would be a desire. This would be the fun part of the day because we're not talking about material. We're not necessarily talking about history or, you know, science or those subjects. Um, some kids obviously love each and every one or, or maybe, uh, uh, like one and not the others, what have you. But I think there is universal in the fact that if when you're examining yourself, uh, there's something of great value. And I think, you know, kids, any person, human being wants to be recognized. And now you're recognizing yourself in this process. So take me through that, the journaling, uh, how, how would that work? I know, again, very simple concept, but, yeah. you know, hypothetically, maybe in the school, in the school. Uh, situation, what, what would that look like? I, I could tell you my dream, which would be, and, it's, <laughs> and I do think this is how uh, some of the schools are trying to use it right now. Um, it would be first thing in the morning to just start the day with checking in with yourself. Mm. And it's literally five minutes. Um, the book itself is laid out There's seven chapters with seven themes and each chapter um, has a mindfulness menu at the beginning, which um, explains the breath work for that, you know, that chapter and the body shapes. And then you go to the each journal day. So there's 10 journal days in uh, each chapter. And the first it starts with a choice from the mindfulness menu, which is a breath, a body practice or both very simple. You can do them seated. You can do them standing. You can, you know, skip it and just do the breathing. And then there's a, a body check-in and a, a feelings check-in. So note practicing, noticing body sensation, practicing, noticing feelings so that you kind yourself a little with some breathing and moving just a little bit. And then you check in with yourself. What am I feeling? What am I noticing? Um, and then from there you write it down and then there's a journal prompt. So some question, short little, you know, write something, writing or drawing or both count as journaling. So even kids who are not yet writing can still, you know, if they're guided by an adult, still do this. And, um, and then there's a positive um, activity or kind of affirming, um, you know, writing an affirmation at the end. And that's it. That's it. It can take five minutes. If you have 10 minutes, great, but literally you can do it in five minutes. And, you know, it's in a spiral bound. So kids can easily, you know, almost like a workbook sort of thing. Yeah. Um, it's not a workbook, but it's, um, <laughs> and that's it. And to start the day like that and have kids, I think it says so much to kids. One is it says, and to teachers, because the teachers can do it at the same time. We care about what's happening right now. You need to care about what's happening for you right now. And, and we value that. And here's how we're showing that we value that. The beauty of it is, you know, I found school extremely fun. I, I know that things are really challenging right now with the standardized testing and all of that, but what, and what can happen is with these tools, if the kids learn a breath and they like it, when they're stressed out about math, because of whatever reason, they can learn, you tell them just breathe. Well, you know, you don't have to raise your hand or anything. You just sit there, breathe three or three, three times and see what happens. Can you mm. calm yourself? And if they can do that, then they can hear the information in, their, in a different way and learn. And maybe it becomes a little more fun. And maybe over time, everybody's having more fun. I mean, yeah. life should be fun. I don't know where, who started this. Like yeah. life is hard. Life is this. Life should be enjoyable. Life yeah. is challenging. But with these tools, it can be more enjoyable, even when it's a really hard moment. Mm -hmm. And that is really great points, because I think ultimately 
you know, that we, we have a self, you know, it's a perpetuating system that uh, has this idea that, you know, life is hard, it's rough, it's tough. And, um, but ultimately we collectively as a community and as people, um, even though we don't control the big stuff that, that, you know, you know, we don't control the money system and the financial system and this, we do have power. And I mm -hmm. think people forget that and the power to be ultimately happy and all and ultimately take control of more than we believe. And actually that was a great point uh, that you made about, you know, Pittsfield, Massachusetts, we're a smaller community. We, we have a lot more say in what happens in a smaller community than you would in, in Boston. If you're a citizen in Pittsfield, you have an ability to impact things way more dramatically, even if it seems tough than you would in a big city. Uh, no question about it. Absolutely. And, um, I think that's what's so fun about it here and what's so <laughs> magic about it here. Yeah. Um, people know you're here. People yeah. know I'm here. I, I've never had a, anything in the eagle, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, it's someone's listening to me. And I think when I look back on my, my life and where I started and, and, and how challenging it was, the one thing that's always been with me is I need, my need is to make something. I, I believe with all my soul, there's a reason for this challenge and there's a reason. And and I feel like now I'm living that reason. I, I, I lived this as a kid. It literally saved my life. I became a yoga teacher. I've became a mindfulness expert. I've done a lot of other things as well. I've studied this, I've taught it, I've trained and I've lived it. And I, and I know it works mm. and I'm trying to help ease some of the suffering that's out there. And I'm using the word suffering very purposefully. I believe there is suffering going on. And and it even if there is, it can be lessened mm. and it can it can feel better. And I am so grateful for being in Pittsfield. People always ask me how are you so happy? How are you such a positive person? You know, I'm not always happy, but, and I, and I've always been like this and I believe it's because of my journaling and because of, you know, um, man, I was lucky in some ways. Um, but I was, <laughs> I don't know how you suffer a whole lot more than what I was going through as a kid. Mm. And yet I was, I, I could find joy. I could see the beauty everywhere in the very smallest things because they meant something to me. Any bit of joy, any a smile, a being at school, mm. all those things just, I was able to see them. And I believe that's because, and it's been scientifically researched now, it helps you find gratitude when you journal, when you breathe, when you get calm and, and just be in the moment, um, you can find gratitude and appreciation for whatever's in your life even when it's a hard moment even when it's tough even and i think when that's, it's the, tough. that's the real uh challenge is to kind of step outside almost in, in a way and look at it and realize that yes there's maybe an acceptance that there's a reason why this is happening and it's a lesson as opposed to boy my life is just uh you know in in, in a rough shape so yeah. um so if you can come at it from that perspective and sort of you know step outside and then be present um it's and hand having mindfulness yeah <laughs> i mean even For that's sure. the thing being mindful uh, here's another point i like to make which is you know feelings 
our information. Yes. They yeah. change all the time in the, there's a chapter in the kids super journal on this. Um, they're like the weather, you know, it, it starts to rain. You get an umbrella. You don't try to change the rain when you have a feeling you just notice it and then you give yeah. yourself what you need to manage the feeling. Yeah. I think the acknowledgement of it is uh, an ability to, the, to transmute it because once, once it's recognized, once you see it, it, it almost dissipates because now you put a spotlight on it Absolutely. and you, and, and you understand it. It's like a little yeah. kid who wants your attention. Yeah. They don't necessarily need anything other than your attention. <laughs> you give them the attention, they stop asking for it. You don't need to change anything. I know that's kind of a hard concept. It's the noticing and the being with what's going on, using your breath, maybe moving, maybe journaling, that helps that thing transform itself. Mm -hmm. So it's not one more thing to do. It's not one more, oh my gosh, I got to add this to the million list of things I have every day to do. It's it's a way of being in your world that is going to help you do all that list, you know? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and it's... um. I think I like to I like to talk about this too. It seems that in this country anyway, we're chasing happiness. All the messages is this will make you happy. This yeah. will make you happy. Happy happy happy. Happiness is one emotion out of a whole spectrum of emotions. Mm. And it's no better than being able to feel sadness. Yeah. It's no better than being able to feel, you know, blah. Whatever shows up, it's part of the human experience and and maybe even just as a practice, not chasing one feeling, but just letting them all be there because that's what makes life beautiful, really. Yeah, um, and, and understanding that if uh, your happiness is tied to the external, then you're in trouble. <laughs> and such a good point. You know what I'm saying? So yes. it, that's, and that's really a key factor of the whole thing that, you know, because ultimately, wow, then it, happiness becomes almost impossible if it continues to be happiness based on the external because there's never then 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 it becomes never necessarily enough um, if if that's what you're focused on because the external can change yeah absolutely <laughs> it's going to change yeah, we have no control and you know i there's one question in the journal prompt in that chapter about feelings and it's you know what is your favorite feeling and what is your least favorite feeling and i've had some adults you know who've read the book and they're like you know, I was thinking about that and and there none of them, the answer was happiness was their favorite feeling. Mm. It was more like calm or just feeling settled or, you know, everything just being a little bit like, even, yeah. right? <laughs> it's like, that's- It's interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. interesting. And, and, you know, uh, least favorite feeling is is hard for me. I, and then that's also game. a great question. What actually is happiness? Because, you know, there there's a, you know, maybe that calmness, maybe that- levelness is happiness but it's just being labeled yeah. <laughs> so you know the the understanding is that well happiness is that high which then inevitably will will come down Absolutely. so so what is that what is that baseline of happiness and maybe that's what we should be attaining right well the happiness goes away too just like all the other yeah. feelings yeah. you wouldn't want to have sadness all the time you know that can turn yeah. into mental you know health, a mental health issue right. um you wouldn't want anyone feeling all the time. It'd be a boring and, and B just, I don't know, not, not fun, not fun at all. <laughs> so, you know, just allowing whatever's there to come and go and, and the happiness is going to go too. It's never going to stay. Cause it's mm. just, a, it's just information in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
Like this is making me happy. It is. But I'll have to leave eventually. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to find my own inner happy, you know, my own inner way of being, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's a good point. Tell me about uh, how people can learn more about the Super Journal and also uh, the podcast as well. Yeah, the podcast right. is um, on the so the website's um, kidsuperjournal.com. So you can get the podcast there or it's on, you know, any really any place you listen to podcasts. It's mm -hmm. called the Kids Super Journal podcast. So you can look that up. That's free. Um, you can get the book on kidsuperjournal.com really great if you can sign up for the newsletter and that way you're going to get stuff in your inbox about journal prompts and breathing techniques and things that are going on um, and it's a great community to stay connected to um, social media instagram and facebook um, at kids super journal and um yeah and then i'm around pittsfield so i'm doing some um i'm very excited about this professional development um, nice. for teachers in great. north county and um um, I'll be at the library in Pittsfield in July, um, doing a super journal uh, class for families. Um, and then, well, I teach at Lenox Fit at 6 a.m. on uh, Monday mornings. Nice. Anybody want to show up? It's a great, <laughs> dedicated group of people. So what time do you me. get up every morning? Um, I get up before 530. Um, okay. and, and, uh, I've always been an early bird. Uh, now I'm a super early bird and, and I really enjoy it. I love the morning. So that's, I get up early, uh, Mondays are early, early, but yeah, I get up at five on Mondays, but it, join us. It's so much fun. It, I'm telling you, it's so much fun. About that time in, in, in the I mean, morning, so, because you, sometimes you have the six o'clock sessions, but, yeah. uh, but getting up that early, you know, it, sometimes people love that because it's like, they're truly me time as it were, uh, in a lot of ways, because there aren't many distractions uh, happening at that time. I have to tell you, I like, I'm, I think I'm just like, so excited to have another day. I like, I think yeah. I wake up. I've, I've always been an early bird. I'm like so excited to wake up and be like, Oh my God, another day. So excited. I also like the freshness that everything's fresh. Everything's new. Whatever happened yesterday isn't happening in that moment. I'm my most creative too early in the morning and I have my most energy, most, you know, energetic then. Uh, so I think that's also why I love it. I love to journal in the morning. Um, but yeah, I think I'm just excited. I'm getting excited just uh, hearing you talk about it. I, you know, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to set my alarm a little bit earlier yeah. uh, tomorrow, but I, I've been getting up earlier too. And I think it just tends to be, well, especially when you are so fulfilled in your day, you tend to hit the pillow and, and pass out yeah. and usually get up a little bit earlier uh, yeah. when that's happening too. So, uh, but there are some great uh, habits there. If you can get up earlier and be able to, you know, utilize that time and not, not in an efficiency way to say, yeah. Oh, we have to, but, but to, but to enjoy uh, and, and to, and to really truly be present. Yeah. To enjoy yourself, to just spend some time with you and, uh, and, you know, maybe take a moment to appreciate that you're here and you've got another, another day ahead of you. Right. Um, I always think of it as like being invited to a party, you know, get up, <laughs> get ready, you know, dress for it and, and, and enjoy it. Um, because it, it, you know, it is a gift, um, no pressure, but it, it is something, you know, you, yeah. it's yours to do something with. And I always tell, um, the kids in class, I said, you know, the one guideline I have, I try not to use the word rule is try it first. And then you get to decide whether or not you like it because, you know, I can I imagine there's lots of people out there like, I'm not getting up for a six o'clock class. <laughs> um, but if you've never tried it, then I challenge you to try it and then decide and then how you feel it. about it. I love yeah, it. Absolutely.
Um, yeah. And then uh, I think that's recent, you know, that's what's happening right now. Um, I also teach at um, Stanton home and uh, teach yoga there. Um, it's uh, in Great Barrington. Um, it's a, a wonderful farm and a place for um, adults with disabilities. And I absolutely love it. It's my favorite three hours of the week. So I'm there as well. Um, yeah. Wonderful. You'll see me more and more. That's the plan. And um, hoping to get this into more schools and into more kids' hands. You know, that's my mission. Yeah. I'd like every kid in the world to be able to access these simple things. Let's do that. Yeah. Let's Sounds that. great. Is that on your uh, mayoral <laughs> campaign now? Okay. Put it, put it on the platform. Put it on there. Awesome. Yeah. Elizabeth Heller, a great pleasure meeting you. It's the first time we've met, uh, in fact, uh, yeah. in person, certainly. And uh, and I look forward to seeing more of you and and your work. And uh, I'm I'm excited. So so thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. I hope we can work together when you're mayor. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the John Kroll Podcast on your platform of choice. Maybe it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify whatever works for you. Also, I would like to hear from you on the people and the stories that you'd like to hear more of. Send me a note through Facebook Messenger, Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm easy to find and I'm easy to reach. I look forward to hearing from you. And if you'd like to support the podcast for less than a cup of coffee, and I'm not talking about the cost of a large latte at a fancy coffee shop, no, more like a McDonald's coffee, go into the description of this episode and scroll down to the anchor Dot FM link. It's right there. Just click it and you can see your options or log on to anchor.fm backslash John hyphen Kroll backslash support. Again, thank you for listening. I'm John Kroll. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.